Three friends and are in a car, an accident, they die, they go to hell. Demon comes to meet them and says, hey, listen, you don't have to suffer as much as long as you don't step on a frog. And the guy's like, what? So a few hours later, sure enough, one of them steps on a frog and the demon shows up and he brings an ugly woman to the man and he ties their wrists together. So the other two pay attention to this and the other one, the second one, you know, really tries to avoid stepping on any frogs. Apparently there's a lot of frogs down there. And um, he, he makes a mistake. He steps on a frog. Demon comes, ugly woman, ties their wrists together for all of eternity. Third one really pays attention to this. And he's gone for years without stepping on any of those frogs. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the demon appears. And there's this beautiful woman, more beautiful than any woman that this man has ever seen. Demon comes and ties their wrists together. And the man says, what did I do to deserve this, to earn this? And the woman looks at him and says, I don't know about you, but um, I stepped on a frog. <laughs> Demons. We hear about a woman who comes to Jesus in today's gospel from Matthew 15, and her daughter is possessed by a demon. This woman is not Jewish. She's not part of the promise of God in the Old Testament to his people to save them. And so Jesus seems like a lot of the Jews during his day to dismiss her, but he is revving up for the big message. So he lulls her along a little bit, but she doesn't give up. She's persistent. She is enduring. She loves her daughter, and she's willing to do anything for her daughter, and she's willing to pursue this man that she trusts has the power to release her daughter from evil. And indeed, her persistence, her perseverance pays off, and her daughter is released from evil. And Jesus then uses this as an occasion for everyone who's around him who have been a part of this discussion, this dialogue with this woman and this action to do this, to say this. The reason why he's here is not just to save the Jews. The reason why he's here is that he wants salvation for all people. He wants salvation for all people. I'm going to come back to that. Switch gears. I'm going to tell you a story. That's something that happened here recently at our parish mission a few months ago. But first of all, show of hands. Who here struggles with temptation, any kind of temptation? Show of hands. I know I do. And who here has some, whatever it is that you struggle with, sometimes you struggle with it many times throughout your life. Yeah, a lot of us do, right? Including myself. What to do with that? What to do with that? So a friend of mine, Sister Anakiar, comes here this past year to do a three-day mission. 
And I got to know her because she and I were in classes together for two years uh, studying to become spiritual directors. So we invited her here. And during her presentation, one of them, she tells a story about playing cards with her sisters, about a dream, and then about discerning what the dream meant, and then about putting it into action. So playing cards. She tells a story about her sisters and her play this card called May I? May I? And the gist of the game is that a player lays down a card face up, so you see what it is, and then anybody who's in the game can ask the question, may I? Meaning, may I use this card? And it's a game of strategy. I'm not going to go into all the details, but part of the strategy is, is that the person who lays the card down has to discern, if I give the card to this person, will it be to my advantage or to my disadvantage? They have to discern that in order to win the game. And so she was playing this game. And then the sisters all retire for the evening. She goes to bed. Middle of the night, she has a dream. And in the dream, she's playing the game. May I? And the people around the table are herself, Jesus, and the devil. And the cards that she's laying down are not cards. What she's laying down is experiences of her life, human experiences of her life. So she's laying down the things that she's tempted by or the sins that she's committed. She's laying down her accomplishments and her ego and her pride and her self-sufficiency. She's laying down the good and the bad. And as she lays down each one of them, Jesus says to her, may I, may I use this? May I use your temptation? May I use the sin that you've committed? May I use this thing? But also Satan is saying the same thing. May I use this temptation? May I use this sin. May I use your struggle with self-esteem. May I use fill in the blank. And with each one, she had to make a decision. But she first had to do this, and this is the Ignatian uh, three steps of discernment that she and I learned in school. Awareness, understanding, and action. She had to become aware of what was going on, like what she's tempted to. She had to understand where it was coming from, how it would affect her, the consequences on, she said yes to it or no, and so on, understanding. And then she had to act, make a decision. Am I going to give it to the enemy, who is always going to use it to destroy me? But remember, this is a game of strategy. So the enemy will often... Say, hey, let me use this thing that you're feeling, that you're thinking, and that you want to act upon, or that you already acted upon. Let me use it. And he's in it for the, for the long game. 
Let me use it to give you pleasure now, to make you feel good now, to bolster up your ego now, or whatever. Let me use it. And there's an immediate also, like sometimes a rush or a reward. But his, he's, a, he's a strategist. Because once he uses you in this way, then he gets you more and more, and then he's got you, and then he destroys you for all of eternity. So she's aware of that. She understands that. And Jesus, he wants to save us. And not just in the end of life, for all of eternity, but from this episode, from this feeling, from this prison. And yes, again, he's a strategist. So sometimes when we give to him our thoughts, our feelings, our actions. It doesn't feel good to give it to him. We want to keep it. We want to use it. We want to play with it. We want to toil with it. We want to muse with it. We want to, we want to stew about that anger or that resentment or just, just eat into that, that jealousy and that envy. And we do it over and over again. When Jesus says, just give it to me, may I use this? And if you give it to me, sometimes we have to give it to him over and over and over again. He uses it to set us free. And we see him doing this. We're aware of it. We understand where it comes from. And we act and say, yes, Lord, you may use this. And we find ourselves being set free. She wakes up from this dream. She sits down. She journals it. She has the gift of dreams. And she takes this to her spiritual director and they have a conversation and together they discern whether this is from God. And they discern that it is from God. And then the next question is, why did God give this to her? And she discerned that he gave it to her so that this can become a spiritual exercise, a spiritual practice that she can do over and over again. So she did that. Whenever she felt tempted, whenever she felt hurt, whenever she felt slighted, whenever she felt like, hey, that was really great, I'm so great, look at me, and her ego gets puffed up, whatever. She would say, Jesus, you may use this. And she would say it again, and again, and again. What she noticed is that she was being set free this was a gift from God. But then she discerned this was a gift not just for her, but for others, and thus the mission, and me being there, and several of us being there. And when I heard this, my heart was set aflame. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And so what did I do? I took it, and I immediately started to apply it to my life when I have these human thoughts, feelings, and actions. And I'm aware that there are two beings, the creator of the universe and the destroyer, who come and say, can I use this? And over and over again, I'm learning to say, yes, Jesus, you may use this. And as I've done this for several months, there have been areas of my life that I have struggled for years that I am being released from. And it is so sweet 
Jesus wants salvation for all people. We hear this in Matthew 15. But here's the deal. He wants salvation for you. The key word is wants, but he won't force it on you. You have to want it too. And you have to want it day in and day out with your thoughts and your feelings and your actions. And whether or not then you receive that gift and live that gift of salvation, and not just at the end of life, but here and now from day to day, depends on who you listen to and who you say, yes, you may use this.